Welcome to A Slice of Orange, a podcast on politics in North Orange County, California, with me, Jody Balma, professor of political science at Fullerton College, and your host. So, this podcast is about local politics um, and hopefully why you should care. Um, local politics matters and elections have consequences. Uh, and many in Orange County have recently learned exactly how important some of these local government elections really are. Both the Orange County Supervisors and the Orange County Board of Education have gotten some <clears throat> unwelcome national attention for their controversial decisions on the p- pandemic. And many of them were just elected in March 2020 uh, before we shut down. So this summer, we had a public health expert getting death threats and people showing up on her front yard protesting with signs calling her Hitler. Always fun. Um, her crime, just recommending that people wear masks. Whew. Our Board of Supervisors didn't defend her, and they still won't enforce mask ordinances, which is why we're still all shut down while the folks in Europe and New Zealand get to go out and play. Now, would this be any different if Ashley Aiken had won that seat instead of Don Wagner? I don't know, but we had the chance to find out on March 3rd and didn't. Same thing for the Orange County Board of Education that just recommended, and luckily the board doesn't actually have much power in this regard, that school districts not follow recommendations to return to school in person with no safety measures in place, um, that they just reopen. And two of those votes, Ken Williams and Tim Shaw, won four-year terms on, you guessed it, March 3rd. So far too many voters, young and old, don't follow local politics, and it shows on uh, teacher uh, feed uh, feeds and groups. I saw lots of calls for recalls of uh, these uh, Orange County Board of Education members. And of course, it's incredibly difficult, not impossible to recall someone, but um, far easier to just listen to those of us who tell you, um, vote when you get the chance. So how do you get people involved? How do you get people engaged? Um, honestly, I've been trying to figure that out for two decades. Uh, it's why I teach my college students about local politics. It's why I'm involved with the League of Women Voters and encourage everyone else to join us. And now uh, it's why I'm launching this podcast. Uh, people seem to be interested and I want to share uh, my contacts, uh, guest speakers that I usually bring into my classes uh, and offer Uh, their expertise and knowledge to 45 students or 20 students at a time. And we're going to launch it big to um, whoever's listening. So uh, I'm planning a bunch of shows. I'm just going to give you a little bit of preview, like the first day of class of what's coming up later. Uh, First, we've got candidate forums, um, pros and cons, how to vote, planning a whole show on how to vote. Now, before you get too worried, uh, not who to vote for, Um, but how to research and make informed decisions. Spoiler alert, uh, if you don't know anything about a race or a candidate, you can leave it blank. Vote for what you know, leave everything else blank, and do better next time. So we've got some perennial candidates that just play what I call the ballot slot machine and run for something almost every election, just hoping to get lucky one time. Maybe that name recognition will eventually burn itself into your brain and you might forget that they shouldn't be elected. Uh, if, if you can't wait for that show, you can go to YouTube right now and watch Rocco the Vote to see what happened when Steve Rocco got elected in orange 
and he's got a lot of name recognition just from appearing on people's ballot year after year after year. Um, that's another future episode I'm planning with my colleague from Chapman University, Fred Smoller, who's been watching some of these same characters for years. I'll be interviewing some of my dear friends and fellow suffrage warriors from the League of Women Voters of North Orange County. Um, our website, the Voters Edge, lets you type in your address and all the information you need is there to learn about your ballot, candidate statements, um, financial information, um, pros and cons on propositions. The League of Women Voters and this podcast are uh, trying to be nonpartisan and give you non-biased information so that you can make up your own minds. So um, the League is also going to do candidate forums for the November election. While the median most people spend their time and energy on the presidential election, and they should. It's important. But as we've learned, local elections matter too. And we want to help you get to know the people behind the names on your ballot. Public safety, both police and public health, who puts up the statues and names buildings, who paves the roads and hires the staff that works the community. That's all local. So on this year's ballot, we're looking at 12 statewide propositions, everything from rent control to dialysis clinic regulations to who can vote and what counts as a felony. And there is already so much money involved. Um, Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash tried to influence the legislature by uh, playing a game of chicken that they intend to actually win and already gave $30 million each uh, to make sure their employees aren't employees. Um, Will we repeal Prop 209, which eliminated affirmative action? Will we invest in more stem cell research as a state? Uh, Oh, the big one. Will we change Proposition 13 by taxing commercial property differently than the residential protections that would remain in place? There's going to be millions and millions and millions of dollars trying to persuade voters one way or another. There's a lot of great media resources, NPR, um, Voice of OC, a bunch of local um, journalists that really try to provide nonpartisan, non-biased information. Uh, and, and we're going to join that, uh, that crew. So the league does community forums and records videos. We'll have all that information. Um, and one that I'm really excited about is uh, Proposition 18, which would allow some 17-year-olds to vote, um, specifically anyone who turns 17 by the general election in November. So um, they would be allowed to cast a vote in any special elections all the way up back to the primary election. So right now it would just be those few months between March and November. But if you get to vote in November, you would also get to vote um, in March. So we'll see what the voters think about that. Uh, One of the reasons that I really love introducing my students and friends to local elections is because they're so exciting. Um, They're, they're often decided by incredibly small margins. Um, on election night in Anaheim, one race, Jordan Brandman and Jose Moreno were tied, tied in votes. And I had to search the city regulations to see what if, how do we decide that? Is it drawing the high card? Is it, you know, a game of rock, paper, scissors? Who knows? Um, we didn't actually need to go to those regulations of how to break a tie because once all the votes were counted, uh, Dr. Moreno was the clear winner, but it's tough to beat local races for the sheer excitement of not knowing the outcome before every vote is actually counted. Um, another race that uh, is amazing for the sheer small number 
of votes that decided it was uh, Bao Win, uh, who beat a longtime incumbent in uh, Garden Grove to become the first openly gay Vietnamese American elected um, mayor in the city of Garden Grove. And he won by a whopping landslide of 15 votes, one five. Uh, the same number that uh, my own community college district saw as the margin of victory uh, when they had Measure J, which uh, was a bond measure for construction projects that are pounding away on campus as we speak. Uh, so really exciting things. Whether you win by 5 million votes in a national election or a single vote in a local election, it's still a win. Um, so your vote matters. Nowhere more than in these local elections with incredibly razor-thin margins. So another topic we're going to talk about and handle uh, is campaigning in a pandemic. It's such an interesting time, the old rules kind of being thrown out as we reimagine what all of this looks like. Just as we saw some local businesses really step up during the pandemic with food delivery and mask giveaways and other creative ideas, um, we've got some candidates who I want to profile and talk to. Uh, uh, State Senate Josh Newman, uh, candidate, and uh, Assemblyman Phil Chen uh, have both been really active on social media and recruiting interns and campaign staff to work on relief efforts rather than campaigning. Um, Josh Newman distributed yard signs promoting um, staying at home to flatten the curve. And they didn't even have his name on them, which I'm sure political consultants gasped that he didn't take the chance to brand. But um, it was really great to see so many people proudly uh, joining the effort to stay at home and kind of reminded me of, you know, the home front efforts of Victory Gardens during World War II. Um, his data collection by virus, uh, by city in the 39th district has been really informative. Um, Newman even used his fundraising tools to donate money to buy food from local restaurants and deliver it to essential workers. Um, I don't know if his campaign ice cream truck will be touring the district again, but it's always fun to see what new and innovative ideas uh, Josh comes up with. Um, uh, my friend and assemblyman Phil Chen's office uh, has been incredibly active. They reached out to local businesses to help them with relief efforts and made a commitment to donate 100,000 masks to local residents and business. They've added hand sanitizers with those donations. And this week, they uh, not only hit the goal, but uh, exceeded it. And they were at 160,000 last I checked, and they just keep raising their goals to help the public. So they've done a really great job of making sure the public is informed and kind of this ever-changing restrictions and advisories, getting people informed. Um, and, and just because I'm highlighting too doesn't mean that there aren't incredible, incredible work being done by lots of candidates and campaigns. So um, if you know of somebody doing similar things, we really want to highlight that service strategy uh, and, and the public um, service that they're doing in the areas. Uh, Congressman Gil Cisneros, North Orange County is making sure the congressional relief efforts get back to his district. Um, so kind of traditionally bringing back the money for this particular issue. And I imagine his campaign will be reminding voters of all he was able to do from that seat. Um, We've even got some identity politics in the mix. Uh, the Democratic national ticket isn't the only one touting the historic nature, nature of a woman of color being elected uh, in November, but congressional candidate Young Kim, who's running against 
Congressman Gil Cisneros. Um, this is a rematch of the 2018 election, if those two names sound familiar. But she's been doing some media interviews, highlighting the historic nature of her identity as a candidate, um, which isn't the first time she's done those interviews. Uh, she was leading in votes on election night in 2018 uh, and actually attended the new freshman orientation. If you look real close at the freshman picture, Gil's not in it, but young him is. Uh, she sent out press release about being the first Korean-American woman elected to Congress. Uh, and then the rest of the votes were counted, and she lost. Gil Cisneros actually uh, took uh, uh, took his office. So um, super fun uh, backroom things and hidden, uh, hidden moments in local elections that we'll be talking about. Um, regardless of who gets elected and how they're campaigning, uh, we're definitely going to see some changes. Digital campaigning may be here to stay. Uh, and some campaigns are more adept at technology than others. We want to highlight those and help some uh, campaigns that might be struggling with some ideas. Uh, it's one of the great things about young people getting involved in campaigns this cycle. They can really offer valuable skills to campaigns that might not be tech savvy and uh, while national campaigns are, you know, behemoth machines with many, many, many moving parts, often uh, local elections, school board and city council it might be a one person show. Um, maybe family and friends are conscripted to the cause. But if you want to get your start uh, working on campaigns, I really think there's nothing better than to work um, on, on a local cam campaign where you can really, really make a difference and uh, get promotions pretty fast. Um, because you probably are going to be more interested than maybe the candidate's kids or uh, spouses in, um, in the skills that you're going to be able to translate to another campaign and transfer to another campaign. So uh, when I first volunteered on a, uh, on a campaign, I was literally stuffing envelopes uh, because uh, that's what we were doing. I'm pretty sure a machine could have done my job, but I was free labor, so it was probably cheaper to have me stuff them than pay for the electricity <laughs> to use the machine or to buy the machine. Um, but I've got students running social media account campaigns and explaining analytics and the timing of posts to maximize visibility. I uh, get campaign texts from young people campaigning from home. There are apps that streamline walking precincts. So if you know of a candidate doing something innovative, we want to talk to them and Kind of share what's new and and uh, up and coming. Uh, speaking of changes during the pandemic, uh, governing and public access to meetings. Once people get elected, how do they represent the North Orange County Community College District in our communities? So we want to talk about city council and school board meetings, other local government boards that live stream or record their meetings. Um, be, being able to email public comments and watch Zoom or YouTube or Facebook live meetings has really increased participation. Makes sense when the cost of attending meetings goes down, participation goes up. Um, one of the assignments I give to my students is to find out information about a school board or city council meeting. So first, uh, it's hard to know where the information is held. Uh, Gen Z or um, Gen X, few older students, these Zoomers that are up and coming. Uh, by the way, if you want to feel old, uh, realize that millennials are now in their 40s and Zoomers are the generation that are now, uh, you know, taking their place as the young folks in the political realm. 
we know that they're digital natives. They've always had the internet. Their phones have always been smart, but they're not used to hunting for information in this sea of uh, data. So companies have gotten really great at delivering content. Local government is way behind on that. I feel like there's still a lot of my generation, Gen X and baby boomers that are controlling this information and so gosh darn impressed that you can find an agenda online rather than having to drive yourself to the city council chambers, um, that we haven't done a very good job of making that information accessible and easy to find if you don't know what you're looking for. So, well, I know that to find the local city council meeting, I need to go to the city website and click on a link probably called government, but maybe called board and click on the city council and then click on meetings and then agenda and then find the link to the next meeting. Whew, uh, my students are out. They don't know how to find that and they don't know to look for it. So we need to figure out uh, how to make that easier. Um, can you imagine if Amazon made you hunt that long for something to buy? Um, they wouldn't be making billions of dollars in a day. So we need to ask why we're still conducting public meetings like it's 1950, where you have to show up in person to make a public comment. Um, I think public access, these changes are here to stay. It's going to be difficult to pretend like we don't have the technology to broadcast these meetings live after we all know that we have the technology to broadcast these meetings live. Clearly, there are trade-offs, um, but it does encourage participation and accountability. Uh, I'm not sure everyone on the dais appreciates those two factors being increased, but uh, we'll talk to people and uh, see what happens next. Um, the ballots. We're going to talk about the ballots. Of course, as our post office is ready to take center stage in the election, there's a lot to discuss there, including the undermining of their efficiency and effectiveness as a political partisan tool. But uh, I'm really blessed to live in Orange County, who is far ahead on voting by mail. Um, and other states have, you know, done it for years. Oregon has been voting by mail for uh, over, uh, I think, maybe two decades. Um, Orange County voted by mail in March. And I want to give a lot of credit to our amazing Orange County Registrar of Voters, Neil Kelly, uh, and his entire staff, some of the best uh, folks that I've had the pleasure to work with. Um, and most candidates feel the same. He's absolutely one of the best in the nation, and we are so lucky to have him. Uh, his office spent months educating the public about changes to our voting. We had drop-off boxes and voting centers and vote-by-mail, um, obviously. A lot of that information about the March 3rd primary results and kind of the post-mortem of what happened got lost in the pandemic shutdown, but it's interesting to go back and look at the results, not just who won and lost, but how we voted and when we voted. Um, we often joke that with mail-in ballots, it's no longer election day. It's uh, election month because they send out the ballots about four weeks before the deadline, which is not really the deadline, but just when those ballots need to be postmarked. So it doesn't even end with election day because so many, so many races still have to be counted. So we're talking about a six-week uh, a span of when we start and when we finish. But 75% of the votes cast in March were mail-in ballots, and a third of them were returned on election day, many in person to these vote centers, um, some arriving. So even though the vote centers were open for 11 days, some four, some 11, 70% of those voting in person 
did so on election day. Um, now, a sample size of one isn't statistically valid and a number of variables we've got to consider. The biggest one in March being, um, if you remember all the way back in March, which seems like years ago, um, there were an ever-changing roster of Democratic candidates that were dropping out after Iowa and New Hampshire. And by the time it got to us in California, the field had essentially cleared to a Bernie versus Biden battle. Um, California often has that issue of what I call the zombie ballot, where the formerly alive active candidates still appear on the ballot. Um, but a lot of people held on to their ballot for that. So I don't know if we'll see the same for November. I think a lot of people already know who they're voting for, but the ballot is long. It doesn't just include the national election. So we won't know until after the election, but we'll watch that closely. So we've got a lot to cover between now and election day, and we'll have even more to talk about after the ballots are counted and we get to know our newly elected officials that will be representing our communities. Um, if you're involved in North Orange County politics or public policy, let me know so we can talk. I'd love to have lots and lots of voices uh, join me on this podcast. Um, I'm really excited to launch this project, uh, and I want to thank you for listening. Uh, my partner in crime and uh, producer uh, of this podcast, Aaron Wadka, has been doing an amazing job getting this ready um, and taking care of all the technical issues for me and letting me just do what I love to do, which is talk to people about politics and uh, get people interested and informed about local politics. So uh, I appreciate you uh, supporting this project and look forward to uh, elections to come. This is uh, Jody Balma, and this is A Slice of Orange. <music>